Hey guys, welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. I am your host, Ashton, with my awesome co-host, Zach. How are you doing? Uh, did you enjoy watching those championship games and uh, particularly one very, very satisfying result? <laughs> For sure, yeah. That was uh, that was a fun game to watch. Uh, getting the 49ers kind of some of their uh, their own medicine a little bit. Um, that team just did not play very well at all. Um, and then, unfortunately, um, kind of making bad judgment calls, it seems. Yeah, well, we'll definitely jump into that game a little bit more. Uh, Definitely a lot of smack talk being done beforehand, uh, especially by both fan bases. Uh, Not a good idea to put the flag or cape on the Rocky statue, in my opinion. I wouldn't do it, but, you know, hey, uh, you look stupid now. Uh, But, you know, uh, someone had the win, and uh, it was definitely more lopsided than I thought it would be, losing multiple QBs in one game will do that. So, just a fascinating results. And uh, I, I don't know, Zach. Uh, the foreign what are your, are what are your are thoughts kind of, about this? What What are your thoughts about this emergency backup QB that that the 49ers are now wanting to throw out there? I mean, they didn't really have a choice. I mean. They didn't really use McCaffrey. They just brought out uh, Purdy back out when he couldn't throw. So, like, he was kind of useless out there. I thought they should have had McCaffrey for the full fourth quarter. I mean, say what you want. Like, yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure why they uh, why they didn't do that. I mean, if you look kind of at the history of the Rams, they've always kind of had an emergency QB um, you know, in the past, it used to be Hecker. Uh, probably right now, it would probably be differently. Be Cooper Cup, and even Stafford uh, said it on his wife's podcast this past week that he thinks Cup would be their emergency quarterback. You know, but they did have three, uh, you know, QBs on their roster, so there's a plus to that. Yeah, we never have been in that type of situation, even though we've seen a lot of QB turnover as of late. And I hope we never are in that situation, Zach, because, frankly, you're probably going to lose if you're in that situation. And I still think if Purdy was in the whole game, Zach, they would have lost. Uh, I just think it would have been a kind of like 27 to like, I don't know, 17 type game. I think they would have just been blown out, but just not by a huge margin like they were. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, really, they they have been – the quarterback position has been playing mediocre at best. I mean, and you know, that's Shanahan's really good about taking a, you know, an average, even maybe above average quarterback. And um, as long as he's a good manager of the game, they're able to be pretty much successful building off the back of their defense. Um, so, again, I wasn't really shocked by the outcome. Um, you know, the only reason why it was a close game for as long as it was was because of the 49er uh, defense. 
Um, but they just couldn't, they just couldn't keep up, you know, after con- consistently being put back out on the field. So, um, you know, like any good defense, your, your biggest weakness is your offense. If you have to keep getting back on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we know that playing against the Packers in 2020, when we had the best defense in the league, uh, our offense it did better than the 49ers offense this game. But even then, it's still put our defense in such a situation. We ended up losing that game because our offense was slow, especially in the, I would say, first and third quarter of that game. Um, but that was a good championship game. Uh, the other one, Zach, oh, man, uh, I tried to tell you. I tried to say I thought the Chiefs, and I, I felt like I was – not that I was the only one, but a lot of people are consensus like just picking the Bengals. Not saying the Bengals aren't a good team, they are, and that was a good game. Uh, but I just felt like this Chiefs team was getting ridden off for some reason. And you know, I was like, so Mahomes is hurt. Like, I don't think that's going to impact the Chiefs as much as people thought it was, and it didn't. Uh, what's your reaction on, to the AFC game and the Chiefs winning? Um, so in in one aspect, I kind of agree with you. I mean, if you looked at the roster, I think the Bengals had an overall better roster. Um, you know, at the time entering this game, they had three really good receivers. They have a good tight end. They have a great quarterback. Two decent, two above decent, uh, running backs. Uh, their defense has been playing pretty well. Um, their biggest struggle was their offensive line, and it did show this week. Um, you know, they just they just kept getting pressure on Burrow. Uh, to me, it kind of felt like it was kind of Burrow's fault a lot of times. Uh, he could have scrambled and got out of the pocket to try to make throws, and he didn't. Um, but then I think the officiating, the officiating wasn't great. I think we've all seen it over the last week. Um, you know, the 49ers fans were, will complain about the officiating um in their game as well that one was you know maybe it's just because my bias but uh to not like the 49ers but uh there were maybe some ticky tack calls that might have been played but you know for the most part that was pretty accurate um you look at the Bengals game and the Bengals game just kind of you know you had you had you know um plays being blown up um because you couldn't hear the refs whistling or lack of whistle or whatever it was um you know there was plenty of times where you know even in the Mahomes um push out at the very end you could definitely tell that there was some holding on the offensive line for the Chiefs um you know I know that it's probably ticky tack and you know you could say well it's it's a judgment call well it's a judgment call too um to, to call any of those things so you know, I, I do feel bad a little bit for the Bengals, but at the same time, I don't think their offense played the lights out as they should to have progressed. So, again, I, th- I think the outcome is probably what it should have been, um, especially Mahomes was playing pretty well on an ankle that he was not 100%. He wasn't He wasn't even 75 or even 60% on that ankle, uh, but he was able to make plays even without his weapon, his major weapons. Um he had Kelsey, which was great, but other than that, you know, he was kind of scrambling. He was kind of scrambling to find someone to to make those big plays for him. 
Uh, no, it, it was a good game, hard fought, some, like you said, ticky-tack uh, things, but ultimately I just feel like the Chiefs were the better team d- during that game, and I know Bengal fans, I know your family is a little upset about that, I get it, but I feel like you saw some of Zach Taylor's weaknesses as a coach in that game, the way they managed the clock near the end, I didn't think was exactly the best. Uh, it's Mahomes, man. You got to choke that team out of time at the end or like Buffalo found out if you give him time, like they're going to kill you. Yeah. But at the same time, they, they missed a block in the back on that punt that should have pushed them back. Instead, they got, they got pushed forward. So, you know, again, it's, I don't, you know, I, Shanahan had a worse time management. It felt like than uh than Zach Taylor did. I mean, I think Zach Taylor at that point was just he was just mad. He was mad at all the calls that were happening against him. Um and consistently every time they tried to they get they were about to get the ball back, the refs gave the Chiefs something else to kind of try to keep the momentum alive. So you know I, it, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that hard. In the game. Um I honestly don't blame Taylor as much as I blame Burrow. I think Burrow did not do did not did not do that team service. Um, and again, he's, he's a young quarterback. He, he took him to the Super Bowl last year. He took him to another AFC championship game this year. He has a long ways to go. Um, and I just think this was still a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of immaturity on the biggest stage out there. I just find it kind of rich, all these Bengals fans complaining about the refs when they didn't say anything when they got free touchdown in Super Bowl. So, like, yeah, I don't – I didn't see anything in that game that was near that level of, like, awful call or miss call or whatever you want to call it. So, it's it, – I mean, if you go back and watch, even the even the comments or the um, – the, what was it, the um... – the chief rules analyst for uh, CBS is, I think, who had the channel. I mean, even he said some of the calls that were being called against the the Bengals were, you know, they were, I think it was CBS for the Bengals game, but they even were mentioning how kind of like, you know, if it was me, I probably wouldn't have called it. Um, And that happened multiple times in that, in that game. So There is some merit to the officiating crew for that. They did not did themselves a disservice. Their offense did not play well enough. That that game, if they were playing at their their what they were playing against against the the Bills, that that game should have been forty to twenty. Like th- there is no reason why that game shouldn't have been a higher point game for the Bengals. They just could not produce anything. And again, that goes to the point of why they lost. Not necessarily the officiating. It just didn't help them towards the end of the game to, uh-huh. you know, either get into overtime or have a chance to, to win it out. Well, uh, Zach, let's talk very quickly about the Pro Bowl. Uh, of course, Ramsey as an alternative or alternate was able to get in. He played in dodgeball. Uh, his team did lose. The NFC ended up winning the dodgeball. Uh, stopping the AFC from sweeping the day and winning, I believe, all four events. Uh, Zach, do you care about the 
Pro Bowl? Uh, do you care about this dodgeball game at all? Uh, and are you happy the NFC is probably going to still lose the Pro Bowl like it always does? <laughs> yeah, that's the key question. So kind of some highlights. So I was actually pretty excited about this. Um, I honestly thought the dodgeball game was going to be better than it actually was. Um, it ended up kind of being somewhat lame. Um, only I think just because of the way we had to watch it, we kind of watched it from a top down view, um, kind of far away. So it was kind of hard to even figure out who was even playing. Um, because you, you were watching them from the side kind of toward like up a little bit. So you couldn't even see the back of their jerseys to see what number they were. Um, so it was, it was pretty difficult. Um, like you mentioned, Ramsey got, he kind of got knocked out early in his match. Uh, first it was the NFC offense versus defense um, and the NFC offense versus defense. And that's how they decided who was going to play each other on NFC versus uh, the AFC versus the NFC. Um, so we didn't really get to see a whole lot of Ramsey. He got knocked out pretty quickly. Um, but I, I do think that it's an interesting take. Do I like every piece that they're doing? Not really. Um, do I really care about their, the golf drives? Not really. Does that really tell us who's the better division by, you know, who's knocking a ball out? It's fun, um, but not necessarily worth the points. Now, some of the things that I do think are unique um, to the pro ball, I did like the precision targeting. I know that's kind of something that's been done in the past, um, but it was really cool to see that. Uh, we got to see JG, Jared Goff, uh, come back at it. Um, he did really well. He was He was on fire, like, lighting up the the big points pretty quickly um he was the only one really who knocked out the big points early and really the only thing that he was struggling with was the um kind of the quick routes um at the very beginning um other than that you know uh, we'll see how sunday goes uh we'll see how flag football plays um so there's some things i like about it some things the kind of gimmicky you know let's what do water balloon toss um, I think that's lame. Um, but the, one of the cool ones was where the defensive players had to catch, um, catch a football in the air and then they had to keep stacking them. So they would catch one. Then the next time they would have to keep the one that they had plus catch another one. Um, so those are kind of some fun ones that I like, but it's related to football. Once you take it out of the football realm, like you said, it's, it, it's not super interesting to watch, but Hey, you got to see Ramsey for a little bit, and then Rampage is going to be all over the screen uh, as the mascot for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, Rampage is awesome. He's cool. We love Rampage. Yeah, yeah we, we love Rampage. This is a pro Rampage podcast, okay? Um, let's move on to some big news with the Rams themselves. Uh, Zach, uh, the Rams go out and get... Mike LaFleur as their offensive coordinator. Uh, how are you feeling about this hire? Can you tell us more about him? And uh, what direction do you think this is taking the Rams? Yeah, so um, Mike LaFleur, he got he got hired last Friday um, onto the Rams, coming from over from the from the Jets. Um and so, so yeah, so so the last two years that he has been the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Uh, before that, he was actually on the 49ers coach, coaching staff. Um, and I think this just, I think this really just brings in a, fam, a 
familiarity to McVeigh. Um, obviously, his older brother, uh, Matt LaFleur, um, there's there's that family bonding that they have. Um, and so so really, I, I, it's it's tr- I, I think trying to get McVeigh back to getting a little bit more familiar and having some um, someone kind of on his side to help him make these big decisions. <laughs> yeah, Zach. Um, uh, I feel like Mike LaFleur um, <laughs> going <coughs> into the Jets at the time he did, it was not an easy job to get uh, or tackle because you, you have to look at it. He had a rookie quarterback. He had a team that was completely deprived of almost any offensive weapons. Um, So, like, you can understand his first year with the Jets being what it was, which kind of a disaster. This year, at least in my opinion, Zach, because I got to watch a few Jets games, uh, when when you're able to make a offense work and may I remind everyone they had a better offense than the Rams work when Joe with Joe Flacco being your only capable QB Joe Flacco in 2023 I I feel like you have skills and I feel like he deserves a other chance I know some people hate this hire I am honestly very excited for this hire I feel like we need more of that Shanahan style offense uh to get to kind of balance out with McVay's pass-heavy offense. And I feel like once we find that balance, and if he's able to do just half of what he did with Brees Hall with, like, Akers or a new draft pick, uh, I really feel like we could potentially have a top-five offense, top-ten offense. We have the QB for it. Uh, We have a top-five wide receiver for it. It just we have to put that all together, and hopefully the injuries kind of – don't happen again and uh we can proceed with uh actually having a watchable football team this year yeah you know um uh, I, I do like this move um obviously he was the favorite coming into this um just just kind of knowing all that um you know but his, his specialty is in the offense i mean you look at his career um he he started off um the career as an offensive intern with the Browns um, working with the offensive line. Then he spent two seasons as an offense assistant and the coaching staff at the Falcons working with the tight ends. Um, then with the receivers um, in San Francisco, he was a passing game specialist and wide receivers coach. Um, and, and so he just, he just kept getting that opportunity to uh, put together his kind of his offensive playbook. And then, you know, like you said, he went to the jets and was able to, you know, do something with them, which, you know, um, you know, like you said, you know, they're, they're dealing with pretty much just having Joe Flacco. So, um, but, but, but being able to adapt and be able to have that running game, um, I think is definitely going to be um, something that is going to lean into. Um, So hopefully, you know, between the helping out with the um, offensive line in the run game and then married with uh, Sean McVay and his passing game, uh, with Stafford and Cup and, and and the rest of those, I think this is a good mix, and we should see some uh, pretty. Uh, I think get back to the high octane offense that 
we're, we're we've been kind of used to seeing from the Rams, um, especially since McVay has joined the ranks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so both me and you are kind of on the same page. We think it's a solid hire. Do I think it's a home run? Like, do I expect a top five offense? Not exactly, but I think he's going to help us get back to being a top 10 offense, at least. Uh, and I mean, kind of help alleviate some of that work from McVay. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, kind of some other positives is that he worked for Shanahan for so many years. Hopefully he can bring some of those secrets into the fold of the Rams and maybe we can kind of uh, finally, you know, get away from the regular season losses that we've been hitting. Um, Obviously he's brothers to, you know, Matt LaFleur and, you know, there's going to be some brotherly rivalry when um, they come to match. And so I think that they're going to be scheming against each other and, you know, maybe little brother will want to seek some big revenge on big brother. Um, So, yeah, so I think, I think, um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be well, you know, you know, we have to realize that the offense is always going to be run under Sean McVay. That's just who Sean McVay is. And that's, that's just what we expect. I mean, we've, we've seen him be a mastermind at things, but I think he needs someone who's going to be able to help um, off kilter some of his, uh, you know, you know, his, his side effects of um, only sticking to the past game um, and things like that. So hopefully he can be kind of that voice that can kind of challenge McVay and kind of bring this kind of, um, you know, um, this different, this, this just brings a different uh, atmosphere and a different, uh, different ideas that can, you know, really flourish this yeah. offense. Yeah, definitely will be healthy for the uh, philosophy of the offense. Uh, Zach, in other news, uh, Raheem Morris, uh, has another interview with the Colts, a second interview. The Colts are being very weird with their hiring process. There's still rumors that they may just hire Jeff Saturday anyways. Uh, they're also looking at the, uh, defensive coordinator of the Broncos. Uh, it just, it, What's your feeling? Do you think Raheem Morris will be back as a Ram next year, or do you think he's going to be the head coach of the Colts? I think it's kind of crazy he hasn't been hired yet. Yeah, so, so, um, you know, living in Indianapolis, I have my ears a little bit more to the ground on when it it comes to the Indianapolis Colts and what they're they're doing. Um, And so I do not think – that Raheem Morris will be the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so they they completed their second interviews this past week. Um, it's been reported that you know Morris um, had a all day event that lasted late into the evening um, with an interview process. Um, but they're about to head into round number three. Knowing much about the or. Uh, Knowing knew quite a bit about them, I think um, you know they're they're doing all they're checking all the boxes that they can to make sure that this is a this is a search that is that has gone through rigorous amounts of interview process only to come down to what Jim Irsay really wants. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think I think Raheem Morris will be back with the with the Rams. Um, 
and I think that's a positive thing. Um, you know, I know a lot of fans out there um, are not super hyped on Raheem Morris. Um, but again, I the problems with this team this year was not a defensive problem. Um, yeah. Yes, there were some pain points. Um, but just like I kind of mentioned about the 49ers a little bit, if your offense isn't able to be consistent and allow you to sustain drives and keep the defense off the field for a, a, a any period of time, um, you definitely are going to have to rely on your defense. And then that just puts more, um, more kinks in the armor. Yeah. I'm definitely one of those people that I feel like there is room for improvement in our uh, DC situation, uh, but he's still good and he's still uh, underrated for what people give him credit for. Uh, I would really, really love Evero as our d- defensive coordinator. I really would. I think he would be great. The things he did with the Broncos is kind of what I want to see with the Rams. Uh, so that's why I kind of want Morris to get hired. Uh, but if he doesn't, I'm not going to be upset about it. I think he's a good DC, and you can definitely do worse. We have seen what special teams uh, moving off of a good coach doesn't always give you a better coach afterwards. Uh, and you just got to live with that sometimes. Uh, Zach. Let's kind of start talking about free agency a little. And guys, we'll, we'll be trying in the next few uh, podcasts to talk about different groups of free agents and uh, kind of like the people me and Zach think could be good fits for the Rams or uh, uh, would be bad fits for the Rams. Zach, do you want to break down some of the free agent edge rushers and kind of like uh, where you would want to go there if you think the Rams should even get a edge off a of free agency or should we look for it in the draft? Um, so as far as the, uh, the free agents of edge rushers, we have the, um, we have the Eagles, uh, who have, uh, Robert Quinn and Brandon Graham up for free agency. The Colts is, uh, Nayuku. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, Browns, uh, Clowney, Raiders, you have Ke- uh, Kellen Farrell, 49ers, Samson Ubicom, Jaguars, Arden Key, Dolphins, Melvin Ingram, Ravens, Justin Houston, Saints, Marcus Devonport, Cowboys, Devontae Fowler, uh, Dante Fowler. And honestly, any of those, any of those guys would really be great to bring onto the field. Obviously, there are some of those who, um, already have familiarity with the Rams. Some of it may be longer than the others. Um, But, you know, I could see them trying to, you know, depending where our cap is, I definitely think they need to pick one up in the draft. But, you know, you might be able to get Robert Quinn um, for relatively inexpensive. Um, More Um, they could help train whoever is is going to be coming back in the backfield to help fill them in um, in that draft class. Any any of those names uh, stand out to you? Uh, so the way you pronounce it, Zach, is Yannick Ngakwe. 
is uh the pronunciation uh, he was he was actually a teammate of Ramsey's uh during the 2017 Jaguars run uh so to answer your question I I think out of all the guys on this list outside of Davenport he would be a very sneaky pick I really like Ngakwe's ability to get to the QB he's also a solid uh, kind of run defender. He kind of reminds me a lot of uh, kind of like Dante Fowler when he played with us uh, that year uh, in 2018, right? Was Dante Fowler? Uh, yeah. Him, I would like Marcus Davenport. Uh, I think Davenport's going to be a little bit too expensive for us, though. Uh, like you said, if you're looking for like uh, – a cost kind of saving guy, Robert Quinn, probably the best. See how much he has in his tank. Uh, I don't know how much he really has, honestly. Um, I mean, I mean, he would be, he would be one of those uh, Eric Weddles or Clay Matthews. Like it's going to be a one, it's going to be a short term deal. This isn't going to be a, you know, a multi-year prospect if we went that route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind Brandon Graham. I feel like he's solid. Uh, yeah, but Ngakwe is the big one for me. I guess if you're feeling risky, go for Clowney if he's cheap enough. I don't think Clowney will be cheap, and I don't think he's going to be worth it unless if he is cheap. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, do you want to? Did you get to watch any of the Senior Bowl? I did not get to watch Senior Bowl. I I've seen some highlights. Uh, my brother-in-law was telling me about a few of the prospects. Yeah, I did. I didn't get get to watch as much um as i would like to um been when it comes to the senior bowl um what players that they have actually chosen over the last several years that that participated in the senior bowl and it seems actually uh, you know kind of overall from the draft um over the last couple of years the senior bowl has been a bigger deal um a lot more players have come out of it over the last over the last two years than than in many of the previous years prior to that. Um, so just kind of <clears throat> kind of review some of the, the key players um, that the Rams have chosen from the Senior Bowl um, since 2017. You have Darian Kendrick, who was our sixth rounder. Sixth rounder. Uh, back in 2021, uh, Robert Rochelle, fourth rounder, and Ben Skoranek, seventh rounder. In 2020, we had Van Jefferson, Terrell Lewis, Terrell Burgess, Bryson Hopkins, and Tremaine Ingram. Um, that was a big year for the Rams pickup uh, who participated in the Senior Bowl. Uh, 2019, we had Mr. Greg Gaines. In 2018, we had Joe Noteboom, Micah Kaiser, uh, uh, Okurwanko, and then Jamal Demby. 
And in 2017, we had Everett, Gerard, uh, Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, John Johnson, Josh, uh, Josh Reynolds, Tenzel Smart, and Sam Rogers. Um, really, I think only three of those players I don't ever really remember playing in a normal regular season game. Yeah. I mean, kind of a crapshoot like the rest of the draft. So I just hope they're paying attention, taking notes, and that way we can start hitting on more people. Because uh, our last few drafts, Zach, haven't been working out the way we wanted them to. And um, we've had a few solid contributors. Uh, but outside of that, we maybe have one person last three drafts that you could say you could see being a superstar. Uh, potentially two of Cam Akers keeps on the trajectory he's currently on, but, you know, we'll see if he uh, has the injury bug or not. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you look at this, I mean, it's – the only thing I was just going to say is, it's you know, it's been hit or miss. I mean, obviously 2017 was probably our best year. Um and then we've picked up a couple other ones. Probably 2020 was our next year. So, you know, really, you know, I think we're, we're, we're do some good candidates and, you know, the senior bowl has been a great selection. I mean, you look at it, those are some, those are some people that we want to keep around still for a long time um, in this, in this class or in this, in this uh, platform. So, um, definitely looking forward to to seeing what the Rams pick up, um, if anybody from the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, uh, just touching on the free agency, the Rams are now only fourteen million over the cap. Again, we know as Rams fans, we don't really have to worry about this. Uh, less need, we'll figure out a way to kind of make the cap work for us next year. And if they want to make any moves in free agency. Aaron Donald, I believe, clears up like 20 million cap if we end up uh, restructuring his contract. We could extend and restructure Cup. There's a lot of choices, so I'm not worried. And a lot of good players that uh, we definitely have the option of uh, doing those things to their contracts to kind of give us flexibility. Uh, Zach, do do you have any comments on the cap situation? Are you... Are you sweating at night about the Rams being over the cap? No, and I don't think, uh, you know, when you look at it, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are actually over the cap and the Rams aren't even the, the uh, or the Rams aren't even the, the biggest the culprit when you, when it comes, yeah, the Saints, and I don't even know, I mean, holy crap, they're 58 million over the cap. And the Rams are 14.19. Like, come on, why are we getting such grief about, you know, the F them picks? Um, you know, the Rams have sold bad their contracts. future. Like, where did the state bad contracts? Like, where are the Saints? Like, come on, give me a don't even don't even give me. They're just there are 14 teams that are over the cap. The Rams are one of them. And you know, it's we're not even that much. So, I think this is o- completely over overblown. We could restructure. 
um, Aaron Donald's contract if you want. Yes, that would push it to 2024. Um, but again, they're able to do so. Restructure Cooper Cup. Um, you know, they can, you know, move things to signing bonuses, things like that. Um, then you look at players. You look at are there any are there any going to be any sacrificial lambs this year? Um, and unfortunately, uh-huh. when it comes down to it, you look, um, you have uh, Allen Robinson, who could potentially be a, a cap casualty. Um, you have um, Brian Allen, um, who could possibly be a uh, cap casualty. Joe Noteboom could be a cap casualty. Um, all all those players are getting paid pretty significantly when, you know, th- especially this season, they didn't produce as much as we we were expecting them to do. Um, yes, Brian Allen, you know, he's the center. He got injured. He, he did his best to try to stay in there. But really when Coleman Shelton was in that spot, um, the offense was able to do a little bit more on the run game. Um, and so, you know, I, I really think that offensive line is going to have to shift, especially with, um, you know, LaFleur coming in, them going to get a new um, offensive line uh, coach. I, I really think that's going to have to shift if we're going to be successful both in the run game and in the pass game. No, uh, I, I definitely think that's all great points there. Um, Zach, do you want to go ahead and uh, – start reading some of our awesome emails from our readers. Uh, you put out on the Twitterverse that you wanted people to come and email us, tell us their story of how, why they became a Ram uh, fan. And, you know, Zach, we wanted to do this to help display the community a little bit more. Uh, we both, uh, have like very interesting stories of why we became fans. So we wanted to put that out there and have give people the platform to do their own uh, kind of story. Yeah. And I think we're going to do this from time to time, kind of come up with different new questions to ask. But I think for the next couple of weeks, um, we're going to, we're going to do like, like Ashton said, it's going to be, it's called what's your Ram story. So whether, again, whether you are a fan your whole life, newly added fan, you're a fan weathered fan. Um, you're an original LA Rams fan, um, or you started off with the St. Louis Rams fan. We're kind of wanting to bring these stories um, kind of uh, to life a little bit. Um, so the first one we got was from uh, book writer Dude. Um, he was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Everyone around him was a Falcons fan. Uh, he hated the Falcons for obvious reasons. Uh, But he fell in love with the Rams uniforms. The black and white helmet with the horn was the coolest thing he had ever seen. He loved Deacon Jones and Merlin Olsen um, and Roman Gabriel. I've been, uh, he says he's been uh, with them through thick and thin in different cities. Rams fan till I die. So, so seemingly back to the, uh, the original LA Rams days. Yeah. Uh, I believe even the Rams had a black and red uniform for one year in the 40s. Uh, If I'm remembering correctly, I personally would love a throwback to those. I love black and red, but, you know, that's – I don't think the Rams will ever do that. (laughs) Nope, nope. Not with other two other red divisions in our team. Um, The black, you know, I'm – 
I'm not really a big fan of the black. You know, they came out with those Super Bowl black and blue jerseys. They didn't really do it for me. Didn't really want to buy one of those. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. I'm not really looking forward to the black. Um, I would kind of like to see a bright yellow. Like I would see like the reverse of what like what we're wearing these days, like blue with a yellow accent. I would kind of want to see like an all yellow with blue accent and see what that would look like. Um, I think that would really pop a little bit. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, our next one is from at Spuds, uh, Spuds Chat. Uh, my father originally arrived in SoCal in 1985 from Mexico with zero knowledge of who the Rams He would watch my uncles yell at the TV about some weird sport where the ball was shaped like an egg. My uncle slowly started to teach my dad about the game, and being that they were Rams fans, he became a fan as well. He then passed on his traditions to my siblings and I. Even when they were in St. Louis, my father stayed loyal because he saw no point in switching teams. And he's all in on that for showing an impactful segment that will uh oh yeah i was reading my next notes <laughs> cue script <laughs> so uh, uh ashton do you want to do you do you want to give a little bit about your story again i know we kind of talked about on one of our early pods but um how did you yeah, become our first a pod. Fan? and i'll share mine the next week yeah uh i just want to comment on last one i i that's really cool, man. Uh, I think that's the story of America's immigration coming here and, you know, picking up what you want to and being part of the culture and uh, participating while also putting in your own culture and kind of enriching all of everyone's life around you. And I think that's a great thing getting into football. And, you know, I'm happy you guys chose the Rams. Uh Kind of sucks that they left, and that kind of segues into my story. Um, I was born in L.A. originally around 95, and uh, through being a military brat, a part of that is moving a lot, so I didn't get to stay. Uh, and fast forward around 16, 17 years uh, I wanted to get into football. I hated it growing it growing up to the point where I even cried when I got a f- joke football one year for Christmas uh, as a kid. Uh, I wanted to get into it uh, because some of my friends were into it. Um, some of my siblings were into it. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just try to get into it. And that year was 2015. And I was really looking for a team, but no team did it. I couldn't find the team that I really cared about or I liked the colors. Um, and then the Rams announcement came as soon as uh, I was trying to decide a team, and it was they were going to move back to L.A. And it was just – it felt like perfect uh, timing. And so I became a Rams fan because of that. Uh, I knew the team wasn't good and had been good for a while. Uh, but they didn't care, and I really liked the uniforms. Those, man, those horns just look nice. They look nice, especially when the team is good. Uh, but yeah, that's how I became a fan. So, man, you may not have been a LA Rams fan if they did not move back to LA. 
I probably wouldn't be. Would you have been an, well, you would be – well, I guess they uh, the Chargers probably wouldn't have moved uh, if it wasn't for the Rams. But still, I you know, the possibilities could be this could be an East Coast Chargers podcast. Uh, Except with a, different, honest, with a different co-host, of course. To be honest, I was leaning towards the 49ers, but I hated the gold. I love red, but I hate gold. I thought the red and gold was tacky. And that's why I didn't instantly jump and become a 49ers fan because it just didn't look nice to me. I like the Seahawks colors, but I was like, uh, that's nowhere near California. So it had to be somewhere <laughs> I was from. I couldn't stand the Panthers. I, I think they don't look good at all because I lived in South Carolina at that time. And the Panthers weren't really from South Carolina uh, so my only choices were really the Chargers. And at the time, uh, I something about Chargers just made me not like them a lot. Uh, I tried to watch a few of the games, but it just didn't draw me. And San Diego is like, eh, not, not exactly L.A. So uh, I'm happy it's the Rams. And, you know, it's been great ever since. Uh, not when they're getting, you know, destroyed for a season, but you know, uh, fans have been through a lot worse. So I've been very grateful. They've been good. Uh, I didn't expect them to be good, but I'm happy they have been. Uh, and you know, it's one rough season is nothing compared to 10. So I'll definitely take the one rough if we end up doing good next year. For sure. I, I totally get what, you, what you're saying about the tacky, um, the tacky red and gold. I, I, I still think, I mean, that's so, you know, nineties era when they were winning the Super Bowl. like that was the popular color. And I feel like they just have not rebranded themselves well um, to modern times. They're still stuck with those, you know, early Super Bowl wins. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's where I'm at with them. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll talk about my story. Um in the next week's podcast but yeah i think like it's you know i think this is just kind of an impactful statement where we can kind of continue to um you know connect with the fans and kind of hear their stories and allow all us to kind of share them uh with everyone who listens so uh, i think this is a pretty cool segment that i hope we want to we, we continue to do uh but if you want to share your ram story uh you could send it to us at uh feedback at east coast rams com or you can dm us on twitter yes zach uh do you want to go ahead and finish up this week uh this week's podcast with my uh quick five uh so every yes. let us get into your off season yes so zach every Podcast we do for the off season before the draft. Uh, we'll try to go over a few uh, prospects that we're interested in, that I'm interested in. Uh, Zach's always free to add in any guys that he kind of like has seen videos of or stuff like that that he thinks would be a good fit for the Rams. Uh, for me, uh, again, we're not really experts at this. We're not pretending to be a uh, you know, some of these guys will hit, some of them won't. Uh, but these are guys that kind of popped out to the screen on to me when I was watching college football. 
in uh, things I've seen afterwards. So take that for what it is. Uh, the first one, Zach, is Jalen Wyatt of Tennessee, and I'm projecting him at round, round two to three. Uh, this kid was electric for Tennessee. 15 touchdowns, averaging 19 yards a pass with around 1,300 yards this season. He was a downfield threat, even had a game where he had five touchdowns, just getting thrown the ball everywhere. Uh, I feel like the Rams really need a wide receiver. This year kind of proved that when Cup went down, we didn't have that second guy. We didn't have that guy could fill in, even if it wasn't at the same production of Cup. No one could fill that gap. Robinson couldn't. Van Jefferson couldn't. It, I felt like we had a bunch of wide receiver threes on the field at the exact same time. And um, the kind of production spoke for itself. And I think we have to draft the wide receiver. And I think Wyatt will be a – I think he gives me Amir Ross St. Brown vibes, Zach, uh, from this draft. Well, cool, because, you know, St. Brad has been doing some work in Detroit, so uh, we could definitely use a, a guy like him. Yeah, that's How, Like, what I is his statue? Wanted... Like, is he as, – as far as as far as far uh, Wyatt's stature, is he is he a, a long – like a bigger dude, a, um, you know, long arms, long legs kind of guy? Is he a speed runner? Do you, do you know any more about that? Yeah, I, I feel like – He's more of a balanced build. He's six, he's six foot. So that's kind of like why he's not going in the first round. He is a little shorter for a wide receiver. He's like medium build, but he's quick. Uh, I wouldn't say he's like two two out well quick, but for being six foot, I I feel like he's pretty quick. Uh, be, for being uh, six foot, I don't know his combine uh number right now off the top of my head. But I feel like he's a pretty well-rounded wide receiver, and he's electric when he's on the field. Uh, definitely, like I said, I'm in Ross St. Brown vibes for me. Like that type of person that I thought would be like a mid-draft uh, steal. Uh, and that's who I wanted us to draft, by the way, that draft class uh, versus Tutu Atwell. So take that for how you – want it uh next one is i think it's very important zach that the rams get a qb to be a backup i think this year also proved while we don't have enough wide receivers we don't have any backup qbs i'm you know in case the stafford goes down we have to have i i feel like having a rookie wouldn't be a bad thing and potentially we could shape them up to be the future qb of the rams if it pans out Having a bunch of guys waste on your roster when they're clearly not it, and we they got chances this year, uh, even with the O-line that's kind of battered. The O-line was all right near the end of the season, and I don't think that's a good enough excuse for how bad they played. Uh, so I would, I would select in the sixth or seventh round Max Duggan from TCU. Just amazing run from this kid. Awesome story. Uh, real 
decent completion percentage, around 64%, but he did get 3,700 yards uh, and 32 TDs to eight interceptions. Uh, solid numbers, Zach. Uh, I feel like the kid's a fighter, and I feel like in the seventh round, uh, why not take a shot at a kind of rookie and kind of have him learn behind Stafford? Uh, and then, Zach, for my third guy, I have Brylin Trice, Edge from Washington, round two or three. I absolutely believe, Zach, if Trice is there in our, at our what second round pick, I fully expect the Rams take him. They would be crazy not to. He led the league or not league, but he led college in pressures. Uh, he was a monster at providing pressure. He didn't really do fantastic at getting sacks. He still got 10, which is a solid number. I really think the Rams could benefit uh, having him in their rotation. If he's there in the second round, I doubt he falls further than the first round. I would be surprised. And then uh, Traverius Hodges Tomlinson, a cornerback from TCU. I have him projected around round four to six. Uh, we definitely need depth at cornerback. I feel like our cornerback room was struggling there near the end. And so uh, we should look to kind of fulfill that room with more bodies. And I feel like this cornerback from TCU, he does have some speed issues. He's not the tallest. That's kind of why he's this late. Uh, I know people are going to be like, uh, that's kind of a familiar pick to what we did last year in the sixth round. Uh, but you got to take shots at these guys. You're either going to get people who are rough in coverage and pure athletes or vice versa this in draft. And so you got to take shots. I think this guy would be one worth taking. And then my favorite of all these picks that I think would be a great value pick is from round fourth or four to six is Chase Brown of Illinois, the running back. I think he would be a slam dunk. He was electric every time I turned on an Illinois game. And I did uh, watch a few Illinois game because someone on uh, Twitter, I believe Nolan is a big Illinois fan and he kept on posting uh, clips of this guy so I, I had to watch and I kept on watching and I was like this kid is electric I, I feel like he's going to be a steal for whoever gets him in the later rounds so if the Rams don't pick a running back early I think he would be good compliment the cam makers well, well definitely need depth in that spot so um, yeah, definitely would want us to bring over, uh, you know, a good running back. Very cool. Well, these are some great picks. Good first uh, first selection of picks. I think these are all definitely players that the Rams should be keeping their eyes on. Um, <clears throat> to draft. 
Yeah, man. Uh, when when we do our draft reactions, if one of these guys are, you know, picked, I'm gonna be uh, freaking out. Uh, maybe we can do some live stream during the draft. I don't know. Definitely not day one. <laughs> uh, but uh, maybe we'll try to do something uh, if there's interest out there. But overall, uh, I'd be really thrilled if one of these guys uh, becomes a Ram. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, the draft weekend is always my birthday weekend. So that's just how it is every year. My birthday, it falls on my birthday uh, for better or for worse. Um, so, but yeah, it's always, it's always a fun time to keep up with uh, the draft during that time. So, all right. Well, man, this was a good pod. I'm happy Great with pod. this pod. Are you happy with this pod? Uh, I loved it. Got through a lot, a lot of news, uh, great stories. Thank you guys for sending those in and uh, keep on sending them in. We'll keep on reading them and, uh, you know, just reminiscing on the past. For sure. Yeah. So um, we're trying new things. Um, obviously, we're working on a new kind of video uh, platform to kind of, uh, you know, get these uploaded a, a lot faster and try to make things and our post-production go a lot quicker. Um, so, you know, feedback would be great. We're going to keep trying to make this a better uh, podcast every single week. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter. Our official Twitter account is at East Coast Rams, and we're on YouTube. So please check us out. Please subscribe, like, uh, you know, smash that bell, you know, something like that. Um, you can find that at youtube.com slash at East Coast Rams. Ashton, final words. How can people find you? You guys can find me at Ramfan Ashton one and keep up the interaction. We love it, guys. And uh, we're looking forward to draft and, you know, potentially – uh, some free agent signings, maybe, you know, Sneed is up to stuff constantly. Yep. And we're going to keep up uh, all the, all the news uh, that the Rams are going to come out with over the next couple of weeks, including, are we keeping Raheem Morris? Is he is, or did he leave and we have to find a replacement? Um, is Aaron Donald staying or is he going to go back into retirement? Like, you know, Tom Brady did this week. Um, so lots of, Lots of fun news and lots of fun stuff coming up in the next several weeks. Uh, you can find me at Zach Mayer. Uh, but again, big thanks to everyone who uh, follows the pod, follows our interactions on Twitter. Um, it's fun. It's great. Uh, let's keep it moving. Um, yeah, so we don't, you know, we're not playing. We're done. We've been out for a few weeks. Uh, but, you know, we are, we are all rambling. And so each and every day, we always want to keep it horns up.